Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is up, Steelers Nation? Thank you so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. I'm Noah Strackbine, joined always by my main man, Stephen Thompson. Find us on YouTube.com slash All Steelers Talk or subscribe anywhere you get your podcast. The Pittsburgh Steelers are two days away from their first regular season matchup of the 2023 season as they host the San Francisco 49ers with plenty of anticipation. Plenty keys to the game, plenty of superstars that will be on the field at Acrisure Stadium this Sunday at one o'clock. We're going to dive into everything and more. But first, it is a, I want to say beautiful, but it is a warm and gross week here in the Berg. Should calm down by Sunday, but how you feel, my friend? I feel really good. You know, I, I can't even feel the humidity today. I am, I'm so excited i i we were talking about it before we got on but like we're recording this on thursday night i'm i could not be more excited for this this chiefs lions game yeah 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 yeah. it feels like i mean i felt this way last week when like college football was starting to come back but you know and then again like last sat oh yeah i guess was last saturday when like you know the first real games are happening but like Mm -hmm. you know you just sit there and like i get up pretty early but i just sit there in the morning and i feel like i'm just twilling my thumbs until until kickoff actually comes so yeah yeah, it's been a bit of an extended wait, but but I'm really excited. No, I uh, I 100% agree. I was I was saying before we got on here, I keep forgetting. Like, you know, it keeps like ramping up and I'm like, "Oh, yeah, football." And then I'm like, "Oh, what do I do today?" "Oh, football." Yeah, it's mm-hmm. uh it's actually on my to-do list now so that I do not forget it for the rest of the night, but it is it feels so good to just like you said, last week was great, you know, especially with I think the Colorado hype kind of like Gave it a little bit of some like yeah. NFL feel, you know what I mean? A little like, oh, this this first week of college football is even more exciting. But this is this is it, man. We got for the next seventeen weeks of our lives, eighteen weeks, we have to go sit in front of a screen and watch a football game, or go to a football game and watch a football game. And that is there is nothing in the world that is that is better than that. The Pittsburgh Steelers do host the San Francisco 49ers, which is a huge challenge. I think at this point, the hype around the Pittsburgh Steelers is huge, but at the same time, people may be forgetting. I don't want to say overlooking, but forgetting that the San Francisco 49ers were possibly a quarterback away from playing in the Super Bowl last year. This team comes off a season where they are the best defense in the NFL. Brock Purdy returns for year two after going eight. No, as a starter last season, and Kyle Shanahan is Kyle Shanahan on top of Debo Samuels and Christian McCaffrey. I asked a lot of people in the locker room today, actually. Hey, is there a, 
Is there any other team in the NFL where your running back could play wide receiver and your wide receiver could play running back? And surprisingly enough, people had names. Alvin Kamara was up there. Uh, Cordell Patterson was up there, but nobody could come up with two. It's just, it's just the San Francisco 49ers. They will bring a ton to the table for the Pittsburgh Steelers. But the biggest name, the biggest storyline that we have followed all week is Nick Bosa, who returns to the field, signs a mega deal. Five years, $170 million. I believe it's $122.5 million guaranteed. He's the highest paid non-quarterback in the NFL, but he has not been with the team all offseason. We dove into it pretty in-depth on Wednesday about what the expectation should be for him, but have they changed? He returns. It is now solidified. He will be on the game or on the field at the game on Sunday, two days of practice. What are your expectations for Nick Bosa here? Well, pretty high. I mean, I so we did dive it, into it a little bit earlier yeah. in the week, but for a defensive end, I think this is completely different uh, as opposed to, you know, if it was a quarterback or even a wide receiver or uh, someone else on the defense, like a middle linebacker or a free safety or something like that. Like, it's a little easier for him to fit in and just see ball, get ball, you know, mm-hmm. than it is for you know, a guy like Fred Warner to have to, you know, call some defenses or or anything like that, or a free safety to have to make checks in the secondary. It's a little different. You know, there's still some some mental prep that has to go into it, but quite honestly, I feel like Joey Bosa is going to get on a plane out to Pittsburgh, watch a ton of film on there. Yeah. He's going to chat with his uh, with his position coaches, with the defensive coordinator, anything that he needs to, to really know. He'll, but for the most part, he, I think, has one job, and that's to make Kenny Pickett's life hell. So, and I expect that's all they'll kind of, force him to do quite honestly so Bosa's experienced enough of a of a player to I guess not be surprised by things and yeah and to do his job well no matter you know when he's coming in I think the biggest thing is conditioning but it seems like I, I did see Kyle Hannes Shanahan say like that's that's not really a concern for them either <laughs> so uh TJ Watt actually talked talked to uh Jim Wexel of 247 Sports he kind of touched on exactly what you just said he, he he was talking about Bosa and he said quote definitely wasn't easy discussing his return to the field in 2021 where he practiced he, he signed the deal on Friday afternoon was on the field on Sunday afternoon he said definitely wasn't easy but you're going to have fresh legs difficult for game plan but it's pretty much just get outside and rush as hard and as fast as you can he'll definitely be fresh but i think it's follow the following weeks soft tissue wise that's the challenge tj did deal with some hamstring and some groin stuff during that season but ultimately went on to win defensive player of the year and tied probably in a lot of steelers fans eyes broke the single season sack record but Bosa comes in here week one and TJ had two sacks and I believe a forced fumble in week one against the bills that season. So the expectations should be high, but I agree with you. I I look at it the same way. Like I look at Bosa as the reigning defensive player of the year who plays edge rusher, which means that his job every single down is go get the quarterback, you know, see ball, get ball. And it's, it's just not mentally that challenging to say, Oh, okay. This is what I have to do. On top of that, the Pittsburgh Steelers have some questions with their left and right tackle in Chooks and in Dan Moore Jr. So it's not like he's stepping in here. And if it was reversed and it was a guy like Alex Highsmith, then you're talking, oh, well, he's got to go up against Trent Williams. Like, no, Nick Bosa's got to go up against Chooks Okorafor and Dan Moore Jr., who I do have hopes for, but not, you know, superstar level hopes. Like, I expect Nick Bosa to win 
I don't want to say a good chunk, but I do expect him to win a decent amount of those reps against either of those two, especially if he has fresh legs. I don't think it hinders what he's capable of doing, but I do at the same time think that a four quarter game, if this is if this is a as big of a dogfight as everybody expects it to be, at some point those fresh legs are gonna say, Man, I have not played a football game in six months, seven months. You know, I haven't practiced in six, seven months. I haven't been hit like this in six, seven months. You know, you're gonna feel it a little bit. I'm not saying he doesn't play a whole a whole, you know, game and he isn't able to finish. I'm just saying that the the, the reps might be a, a little lower than we anticipate. Yeah, I think you're right. And you just wonder what does their depth look like? Uh, yeah. you know, are they gonna be able to rotate in enough guys to I guess, you know, those guys won't make the same impact as Joey Bosa, but can they be, you know, uh passable while yes. Bosa, you know, kinda gets his breath whenever he needs it. And that's just a big opportunity for the Steelers. Like you have to hit on it's like uh you know, it's like in basketball when like, you know, you're playing LeBron or whatever and he goes to the bench. It's like yep. you have to take advantage of those minutes. You have to win those minutes, those snaps, whatever it is, because you're not going to get those many that many opportunities and you're not gonna have that big of an advantage, especially when you know, when when Bosa comes back in. So yep. yeah, it's all about, you know, I, I think you're right. I think those opportunities will come where, where Bosa says, I got to take a blow, like just, you know, get his, get his legs back underneath him. And and those will be, those will be crucial downs for the Steelers, you know? Yeah, I agree. I, I, I still think that Bosa's Bosa, but just like you said, those, those downs, that's when it's like, okay, let's take advantage. And that goes to Matt Canada and, you know, we'll dive into the offense in a little while, but it's it's a big can the OC recognize and and make those plays and I think that'll be a, a huge challenge outside of Nick Bosa this team is loaded with superstars I mean it is we just talked about Debo Samuels Christian McCaffrey can do it all Brock Purdy is a name to watch uh, Brandon Ayuk is a name that nobody even brings up and then Fred Warner seems to be lost there in the middle as well on top of Javon Hargrave who just signed uh, the biggest deal of any defensive tackle in the NFL, don't they currently, I believe the San Francisco 49ers currently have the highest paid wide receiver in the NFL, the highest paid running back, the highest paid edge rusher, and I believe the highest paid inside linebacker and the highest paid defensive tackle. Oh, and I'm almost positive the highest paid left tackle in Trent Williams as well. So shows you what you could do when your quarterback's making $895,000 a season. Um, but outside of Nick Bosa, who is your biggest threat to the Steelers on the 49ers roster. Yeah, I, I think I'm going with Debo Samuel. Um, I just think he's going to he's going to get some pretty advantageous matchups. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we talked during training camp about, you know, beginning of training camp, we were real concerned about the inside linebackers and, you know, would they be able to cover in space? You know, can't how, how much are they going to be able to keep up with, with those guys? Our team's going to be able to exploit them. We felt better about it at the end of training camp, but this is still – a pretty bad matchup for guys like Cole Holcomb or Landon Roberts. And I think even if you try to put someone like Shannon Sullivan or, or Elijah Riley, a, you know, a slot uh, or a nickel on Debo Samuel, I think he's going to, he's going to have somewhat of a day. Um, yeah. So I, I think the potential for, for Debo to have a really big day against the Steelers is, is high just because of the matchups. And I think, you know, the Steelers are still going to be figuring out one or two things with this, with this defense, you know, like, and been tested a whole lot like throughout mm -hmm. this with this preseason, you know, haven't gotten a ton of game action, you know, as a contiguous like first team defense. So you know, I think especially early on, Debo could I don't want to say be a game wrecker because I I don't know how many, you know, big plays yeah. they are gonna be able to hit on just because of the talent level so high for the Steelers, but he's someone to watch. And I think 
like I said, the probability that he he comes up with some big plays and some big moments are pretty high. Yeah, I, I agree. I think Debo Samuels is a monster. I actually think he's like kind of overlooked. Like I felt like last year he had a bit of a, a down year, but he only played 13 games. He had 632 yards and two touchdowns um, through the air and then only 232 yards on the ground. But he's still Debo Samuels and the 49ers as a whole were dealing with so much offensively last season and the quarterback changes and the injuries and the evolution of the offense as Christian McCaffrey came over. There's just so much going on. I still think Debo is an absolute monster, so I agree with you. I'm just like you said, nervous about how the Steelers could handle that. Like, who do you who do you put on him? You know, if he's not if he's lined up on the outside, okay, cool. You have Patrick Peterson, you have Levi Wallace, and, and those two have worried me, and I've I've expressed that not not so much Levi Wallace, but Patrick Peterson, Joy Porter Jr. Those two have worried me, and I've expressed that. But on the inside, you know, can you put Elijah Riley? Can you put? Chandon Sullivan, can you put uh, Keanu Neal on Debo Samuels and say, okay, this will be fine. And if there's some possibility that he ends up in the hands of Quan Alexander or Cole Holcomb, like how deadly and how dangerous is that? Um, yeah, it's uh, that's most certainly a name to watch. Debo, uh, he was he's probably outside of McCaffrey, the biggest name that the Steelers talked about all week long was just like, this guy can do everything. He's just like such a dual threat guy that the Steelers have to worry about him. Um, and I think that it's obviously warranted a guy who could just like you said, like in San Francisco's offense, it's weird because it's a lot of catch and go. Like they last year, they led the league in, in yards after catch. And it's a lot of get the ball in the playmakers hands and allow them to do what they do best. And Debo Samuels is, possibly the best at at doing that you know yeah. that's what yeah and that's what i'm saying like i think brock party is going to be under a ton of pressure all day he's going to yeah. be wanting to get that ball out quick and you know other than mccaffrey who i think and, and i don't think they're going to be able to run the ball very well uh like you know period um yeah. against the Steelers. so he's gonna be trying to get that ball out quick McCaffrey's going to be a big target but i also think samuel is just they're going to all most of the eyes are going to be on McCaffrey. And I think, like you said, Debo's going to go a little bit underlooked and a little underrated. And he can he can really take advantage of that in a major way. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Mine is probably a, a bit of a sleeper. I want to say not not a guy that is highlighted in the, the package of all these superstars. He's next to an all pro in. I'm never going to get this name right, but it's like Tula Noah Hufanga. And I apologize because I definitely said that wrong, but that's the guy that everybody's eyes will be on. That's the guy that the Pittsburgh Steelers are, are scouting and using during practice with the with the orange jerseys. But Tashawn Gibson is a name that has been around the NFL and has made some noise and I think is a guy that could change the course of this game because I expect it to be a dogfight. I expect the Pittsburgh Steelers to be neck and neck this entire game and simple things like interceptions and turnovers and force fumbles and all that sacks third down inabilities, all of those things to be the deciding factor in whether or not the Pittsburgh Steelers win this game to Sean Gibson is the safety next to the guy that everybody will be paying attention to, which means that he will be getting plenty of looks He's got 32 career interceptions, including five last season for the 49ers. This guy is a ball hawk. He 
is so undervalued and has been undervalued throughout his career. Like he's got, I, I believe it's one, two, three seasons. He's been in the league. I think what? Seven, nine, 10, 11 years. He's got three seasons where he's only got one interception. He's got no seasons where he has less than one interception. Every other year are multiple interception years, including stuff like five, six, four, three, five. Like the guy puts up numbers. He's a ball hawk. He's a guy that that is going to be dangerous and he's going to get targeted because of the names in that secondary. And I think that if he comes up with one or two of them, the Steelers are in a lot of trouble. Um, do I think that? Do I do I think that you know he does? I don't think that's a guarantee by no means. I I have a lot of faith in Kenny Pickett, but it is most certainly a name that's going to float under the radar that I think could change this game. Yeah, I think that's a good point because I also think possessions are going to be somewhat limited in this game. Like yes. neither team's going to be taking a ton of shots deep and taking a ton of risks. Quite honestly, so if you do, you know, don't overlook a guy who has some talent and is a ball hawk and can go up and get that ball. And, and just if you give a possession away, it could be really costly. Down. You know, all turnovers are bad, but I think in this game, especially when both teams are really good defensively and just not going to give you much of an inch, like you can't be casual with yep. with these deep shots that they they have been successful with it. You know, the Steelers at least have uh, from what we've seen of this iteration of this team, albeit the preseason, but you know, it, it's looked real easy, and you don't want to get lulled into like a false sense of security about about what you're capable of, especially against a secondary that's this good. Exactly, exactly. And if it all comes down to it, and it's about can Minka come up with an interception, I have a lot of faith in that. You know, can T.J. Watt force a fumble? I got a lot of faith in that. Can Alex Highsmith make a play? I got a lot of faith in that. But if nobody's able to do that, it's going to come down to can Kenny Pickett and that offense just not give the defense an opportunity to win the game? And I don't like, I just Kenny Pickett is smart enough that he will not throw at an all pro. He will not throw at Jadavius Ward. You know, he won't go to Nick Bosa's side when he's trying to escape the pocket. Like Kenny Pickett's that smart. The guy that he will unfortunately be forced into challenging will be a name like Gibson. And that's, uh, that's, you know, it's a guy that could change this game. Do I, again, do I expect him to No, but he's a name that he's, he's certainly, certainly a name to watch with threats to our nation waiting around every corner. Adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, let's flip sides here. Go to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Obviously, the team everybody cares about the team who, at least right now, I feel very good about in week one. We just talked about the 49ers game changers. Let's talk about the Steelers. Who is your biggest X factor, your game changer for the Pittsburgh Steelers against the 49ers in week one? Yeah, I'm going to go with Allen Robinson. Um, oh, yeah, I yeah. See that one you coming. didn't see that one coming at all. No, I did. Ha- I did. I originally wrote down in my notes. I wrote down Darnell Washington. But the more I thought about it, the more I thought about Allen Robinson. I just thought about yeah. how much attention is going to be paid to, first of all, the running game. 
Najee yep. and, and Jalen, both those guys. And then also George and Deontay and even Pat, you could throw Pat in there too. Uh, like who's going to be covering Allen Robinson? Like their second best safety, you know, like they're, yeah. it's, it's, I think he's going to have a real chance to eat. Um, they, and this could be a theme throughout the entire season, but I think particularly in the red zone, when you are trying to identify who the Steelers biggest threats are, you're going to look to the running game first. Then you're probably looking to George Pickens. Then you're probably looking to Pat Fryermuth. Like Allen Robinson, who I think had a great camp and I think still look, he looks a lot more spry than I think his age might like lead you to believe. And, and that yeah. injury history might lead you to believe, but he's dangerous. He's really dangerous. And I, you know, he might not have the biggest year statistically. In fact, he probably almost won't, almost yeah. certainly won't. But I think he has a chance to be a real X factor all season and in big moments be a guy who makes a difference, you know, can lift this team from, you know, nine and eight or whatever to 12 and five, it would be, you know, like he could be, yeah, yeah, yeah just make sure my math right. But he can really elevate this team because of how he he separates them in big moments and makes them better in big moments because he is just one more very very capable threat and i think he's going to show that in this first game that's uh that i i did not see that coming at all but i like that a lot i i think Allen robinson is a dude that you know just like you said impressed all summer long like there weren't there weren't mo- there literally were no moments where we got on a podcast or wrote a story and we're like Allen robinson had a bad day you know, like there were days where he was quiet, but there were never bad days for Allen Robinson. And every time he did something, it impressed us. That's a good one. Cause I agree with you. Like, it's just like the 49ers. It's you gotta defend George Pickens. You, you know, like, you know, for a fact that the 49ers practice squad has been wearing a George Pickens Jersey. You know, they, you know, that they've been wearing a Deontay Johnson Jersey and a Najee Harris Jersey and a Pat Fryermuth Jersey. I got a hard time believing that anybody's sitting around rocking a number 11 jersey in San Francisco this week to make sure that they are prepared for Allen Robinson. And he's a dude that, just like you said, like he could be a game changer. You get into the red zone, you got a lot of guys to defend. You want to know who you're probably not going to think of, who's probably their best red zone threat? Allen Robinson. You know, that is a, uh, that's a really good one. I think Allen Robinson could be, could be a guy looking for a big game. And, And a big game might just be like, three catches, 50 yards and a touchdown, but that three catch 50 yards and a touchdown stat line might just like you said, it might win you a football game and it it might win you a couple of games this year. And I, I like that one. I like that one a ton, actually. Um, Mayan is my, Mayan is Jalen Warren. Mayan is the game changer here. Jalen Warren. Look at, I think that Najee Harris is a Najee Harris and I expect Najee to do what Najee does, but I also think that running against San Francisco is going to be extremely difficult. And I think that if you are going to, if you're going to beat San Francisco's run defense, it's not going to be with Najee Harris. Najee Harris is going to set you up and he's going to do his thing, but it's going to be the one, two punch that we saw in Atlanta. That's what it's going to be. It's going to be Najee Harris able to get four or five yards of carry, which I get it. Some fans are still, that's a huge expectation to have. It's Najee Harris ground and pounding it. You know what I mean? Wearing down, getting guys, moving guys into the box, that kind of thing. And then it's Jalen Warren bursting a 20 yard run or Jalen Warren catching a pass for 20 yards. I also think that 
Jalen Warren being able to successfully run the football will open up the play action enough to actually make some noise in the pass game when it comes to the deep ball and it comes to guys like George and Deontay getting open downfield a little bit more and guys like Allen Robinson and Pat Fryermuth. But you need to you need a running back that the defense has to worry about for more than four yards. And San Francisco is going to have to worry about Jalen Warren if he bursts up in one or two runs. And if he does, I think that opens up the entire offense. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's that's a good point too. Like I could absolutely see a scenario where, you know, not they not get lulled to sleep, but you know, Najee just is giving them four or five yeah. yards every carry, and then all of a sudden here comes Jalen Warren with a new kind of speed. You're not paying you know, you just see a running back back there, you don't really notice it's Jalen, and then all of a sudden he breaks through the line and he's five yards past you running for running for twenty five yep. yards. Like that that could absolutely happen. Another guy who I think just going underrated and that teams won't won't have to worry about. I also think he's a threat out of the backfield too in a way that Najee isn't exactly. So, you know, he just adds another dimension, gives them a whole nother part of the field to cover with and just because of his speed, like it's it just expands the the kind of real estate that that San Francisco will have to worry about and keeps guys fresh and and all of that stuff. All of that adds up to Jalen Warren could make a big play in this game. Like it I, I don't know if he'll, you know, run for a 60-yard touchdown, but no, yeah. he'll uh, like he did against Buffalo, but that that drive against Atlanta that you that you pointed that you referenced is I think a dream scenario for the Steelers where yes. Like Najee sets him up, gets him to the goal line and then all of a sudden you got fresh legs in Jalen that can get around the edge and then power himself into the end zone against a couple of couple of defenders. Yep, exactly, exactly. And if you got that one-two punch that they talked about all offseason, all summer, all summer, that's all we heard. Well, we're going to have the one-two punch. Jalen's the number two. Okay, cool. In this game, the San Francisco 49ers have a, like, their their front seven is ridiculous. It, it's ridiculous. Like, you cannot, you, I'm sorry, but Najee Harris is not bursting a 30-yard run up the middle. It's just not happening. But, Jalen Warren could burst a 20-yard run, 25-yard run to the side if it's the, the side opposite of Nick Bosa, most likely. And that that changes a whole ton of what you're capable of doing and how you could disguise your offense for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, I, I'll give you another one just because this guy I wanted to mention, don't think he's... I'm I'm less convinced that he has a big game just because I don't think there's a challenge as difficult as this one. That's Alex Highsmith. I think that I still think Trent Williams is the best tackle in the NFL. I I mean, possibly the greatest left tackle of all time. That's how good he is. San Francisco, just like diving into a little bit and like, you know, my, my juice isn't going where I watch a lot of Steelers film, but you know, I, my, my film for everybody else is still, eh, <laughs> you know, I got a lot going on, but what I picked up on is that, the way that the San Francisco 49ers go about their offense and their offensive line specifically is the right tackle is always help it. Like there's always a double team on the right side. So TJ Watt is most likely going to be double teamed a lot, but they just let Trent, Trent Williams go. They're just like, yeah, he's got it. Nobody like it's literally all the time. There is, I didn't come across a single double team, no matter who he was facing, where the San Francisco 49ers gave him any help and he handled everybody. And 
I expect that to happen. I expect them to look at Alex Highsmith and be like, I do not care. He's not going to get past Trent Williams. I think that is key because you, if you do, if you're able to disrupt him and disrupt that offensive line from the, the left side, I mean, they have to redo it. They have to rethink everything that they do on offense. And I think that that changes so much. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they're going to have to, you know, they're going to have to overload one, overload one side of the line to prevent against TJ and just kind of take what you can against Alex, right? Like, which yeah. doesn't sound like a great strategy, but I don't know what else you do besides leave two running backs in on every set and just have them chipping and blocking and helping out on helping on both Alex and TJ. Like, you have to allocate your resources somewhere, and yeah. Alex is going to get Alex is going to get overlooked, and he's going to. He he gets at least one sack in this game, if not two. Oh, yeah, I like, like him. Like if that. I if I could, I don't know if you can bet on that, but if I could, I I, I would. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. We we typically find everything that we could bet on, so yeah, we'll figure that one out by Sunday, no doubt. But I like that. I like that prediction a lot. All right, next thing I want to talk about. Last thing I want to talk about. No, not the last thing. We got to get the picks. Man, it's football season. <laughs> All right, next thing I want to talk about. Steelers' biggest key to a victory. Obviously, we talked about the game changers. We talked about the X factors and the guys that they have to ignore or avoid on San Francisco side of the football, when it comes to their biggest key to victory, what do you see for the Pittsburgh Steelers? Yeah, I see. It's just staying on schedule on offense, um, possessing the ball and not giving it away real easily, not giving, not giving San Francisco many opportunities to try to break through the Steelers. I think that's the one that was the biggest concern about, kind of the I guess not the biggest concern about the offense but it was a residual yeah. effect of the offense not being very good last year was that the defense was on the field for so many plays um, yes. they were just on the field constantly and you know you're hoping that in addition to scoring more points you can also save the defense a little bit and allow them to be that elite group that we're going to think they are by keeping them a little bit more fresh so just stay ahead of the sticks don't ha- don't put this game in Kenny Pickett's hands quite honestly like I think yeah. he's going to have a good year but He's not going to be the type of quarterback that I think can, you know, even in your most optimistic projections about what Kenny can be this year, he's not going to carry you against the number one defense in the NFL. I just don't think that's realistic. I don't think that's possible. So give him third downs that are easy to manage. Give him second downs that are easy to manage. Uh, Just stay ahead of schedule with the run game. Don't commit a ton of penalties that, that set you back in really stupid ways. Don't have drops. You know, I think that's, that's the, that's the biggest key. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I like that one a lot. I, I, I think that you're spot on where the Steelers cannot go into this season with the same results that they had last season. You know, it's been two years of the defense dealing with three and outs and short yardage situations and just being exhausted by the end of games. I mean, how many how many games in a row did we go last year? Well, after a game or during the week, we had to ask Cam Hayward or TJ Watt or Larry O. You know, like how how tired are you? How much how how difficult is it to know that you really only get three plays before you're back out there? And, you know, they constantly talked about how exhausting it was. So that is that is huge. I'm going to add to that. My biggest key for them is to win the turnover game Mm. because you can't you can't throw turnovers or you can't throw interceptions. You can't fumble the football. That just cannot happen. But if you're the defense, you have to come up with something. You know what I mean? You cannot. Kyle Brock Purdy is Brock Purdy, and 
you know, my vibe out of the locker room this week is that the Steelers are not really looking at Brock Purdy as a whole ton, but they do look at Kyle Shanahan's offense as one that always produces, you know, like it is a, even if they don't have the best quarterback, they have the system and the players around him that they are going to be successful. So in order to stop that, in order to stop the dog fight at the end, and in order to be the team that you want to be the team that there's, you know, 45 seconds left on the clock or something, and you're on defense, you know, that's what you want. You don't want to be, you don't want to give, start the season with Kenny Pickett down seven, you know, with a minute and a half left. And I'm not saying that Kenny isn't going to go win that because chances are from what we've seen, he is going to go win that, but you want to be on the other side of that. You know, you want to, you want to control your defense and set yourself up to say, okay, come on, Brock Purdy, be as good as you believe that you are. And everybody else wants to believe that you are and go win this football game. Um, And I think that the way to do that is you win the turnover battle. You know, you come up with an interception, you force a fumble. I think you, I don't think you could rattle Brock Purdy, but I think that you could, I think you could come up with some mistakes that he makes. And I think that he's going to make some mistakes and he's been away from football for a long time. So I would say that I'd say you, you win the turnover game. I think you win this game. Yeah. I was going to say, I think the confidence is actually like a big thing for Brock Purdy in this game. Like if you can, yeah. so you can do this early, like you talked about doing it late, but I think if you can, sew it a little bit early, like if you can, if you can rattle him a little bit early, you can really knock him off his game. You can, you know, professionals don't get shaken that easily, but yeah, you can you can start to make them worry a little bit. Um, you know, if you protect, especially if you protect the ball and then you take it away even once, like you you instill a lot of not doubt, but you know, you you make them nervous, you make them sweat a little bit, and you say, you know, you prove that our young guy, our young quarterback, our young guy who's controlling the game is better than young guy, your young guy who's controlling the game. And like you said, I think that also just they don't think of Brock, Brock Purdy as much right now maybe not right now and no. if you if they can prove that especially early on they'll just start flying around and start making plays and start you know start really showing what they believe and proving what they believe about about Brock Purdy yeah which is uh it's it's gonna be fun man I think the the storyline of Kenny Pickett first quarterback taken in the 2022 NFL draft versus Brock Purdy Mr. Irrelevant of the 2022 NFL draft is just like a little overlooked and I think it's a it's a really good opportunity for Kenny Pickett to be like, yeah, shut up, like stop, you know, the, I'm the guy. Yeah. He's the, the he's not. There's a there's a big difference. And with that, we come to my favorite part of the show, my favorite part of football season, and that is picking winners. Hopefully, the Pittsburgh Steelers host the San Francisco 49ers 1 p.m. kickoff. Nick Bosa will be there. George Kittle is a big question mark as of right now, but the expectation is that he is going to play. Brock Purdy, obviously, Kyle Shanahan, obviously. It is a lot of the same San Francisco that took them to the NFC championship last year, but also a lot different. It is a completely different Pittsburgh Steelers team. It feels like from top to bottom, still the 49ers are two and a half point favorites on the road at Acrisure stadium in week one against Kenny Pickett and company who were perfect in the preseason, but none of that matters. Come kickoff on Sunday, two and a half point dogs. Who you, uh, who you taking on the win here? I'm taking the Steelers outright. Um, oh. I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, first of all, I, I think any line under three, that's yeah. – I don't touch that. Like, that's just, just bet the money line. What are we What are we doing? Um, But, yeah, I, I think the Steelers walk away with, with a win, a tight one. I think they win by more than 
three. I think they're uh, they're four point. I think it's like a twenty seven twenty three type of deal. Okay. Um, I think they stand up enough. I think the defense in particular stands up enough in the red zone in particular to to you know keep keep forty niners out of the out of the end zone. I think they hold them to three points a couple more times than San Francisco would like. They get one or two pig plays on offense. That's all they need. Uh, and the defense comes up with a turnover, like we talked about, and that's the ball game right there. And, and you know, San Francisco might have a chance real late with the ball to to maybe win the game, but they don't come through. I like it. I like it. I'm also going Steelers straight up. I think that they pull this one off. I think that just like you said, it is more than a three point game. I just the confidence is high in Pittsburgh right now, and it's more it's more than Kenny Pickett. You know, it's a lot of the defense. It's a lot of the playmakers. It's a lot of the Steelers on paper are a really good team. You know, they don't have many holes right now. And San Francisco is a team that we talked about it on Wednesday. There's a lot of drama coming into this game for this team, and I just don't know how that's going to hold up, and I don't know if that gives you a disadvantage on Sunday, but I'd like to think that it does. I'm going Pittsburgh Steelers. I like the four points. I'm going 24. Mm, 24 20 almost never happens, but I'm going to go. I'll go 24 20. It'll be roughly 24 20. <laughs> um, I feel good about that one. I don't think it's like overly high scoring just because mm-hmm. the oh, defenses definitely. on both sides are so good, but I expect the Steelers to control this game for most of it. And I expect Kenny Pickett to do what needs to be done to to win. And I expect, uh, I expect Matt Canada to, to win some people over in this one. What do you, uh, what do you do? What do you do with the first play the Pittsburgh Steelers run on offense is a jet sweep. And the second one is a screen pass to Darnell Washington. All right. I'd laugh my, I'd laugh my <laughs> ass off. He's because then, you know, the, like the next one is just the next drive is going to be like, he's just going to mess with you for a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I kind of think Matt Canada's a little funny. I, I like Matt Canada now. I'm um, not like, you know, not like think he's a great offensive coordinator, but I think he like knows what he's doing every time yeah. he like talks to the media or like, you know, something like that. He, he knows what the vibe is like around this team. And I think he's having a little bit of fun with it. So yeah. I'm, I'm a bit of a Matt Canada guy in that way. <laughs> I don't know if you're going to get some love or some hate for that one, but I, I agree with you on that one. I, uh, I do, I do think he I do think he would do it just to I think him and Mike Tomlin would sit there and just like look at each other and smile yeah. and just be like yeah yeah okay okay, okay. next drive the, we'll start yeah, playing yeah yeah, yeah, yeah yeah all right next play here this is a real yeah, one now yeah. this is a real one now um but yeah it would be a it would be a good one with that we're heading out of here thank you guys so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube youtubecom slash Talk and find us anywhere you get your podcast football is officially back the Pittsburgh Steelers well. The North Shore is going to be bumping on Sunday. I cannot wait. If you see me walking through the tailgates beforehand, I always, I always, week one, I always park downtown and make my way through everybody and all the crowds to make sure that I just see an experience and, and kind of get a feel of how Steelers Nation is going to be on that home opener. And I know it's going to be a good one. So if you see me walking around, make sure you stop me, say what's good. Love to see everybody out there. Enjoy the game if you're going, to, if you're watching it from home, enjoy some nice beers, enjoy some nice food, enjoy Pittsburgh Steelers win. Hopefully find all our work throughout the weekend at all Steelers.com. And as always our pick coverage at inside the Panthers.com.